It's time to check in with Doc Rob and the concierge for better living. We take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. The Concierge for Better Living will help informed, intrigued, and interested listeners like you make better choices for yourselves and your loved ones. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents The Concierge for Better Living with your host, Doc Rob. Hello and good day. This is Dr. Rob Streisfeld, Doc Rob, your concierge to better living here at CannabisRadio.com and all over the airwaves, wherever you're tuning in and checking us out. Great to have you and uh, another lovely day and a new year. We've got to have a better one going forward, and I'm excited about that. And I'll tell you, this is going to the, be the year of uh, you know, cannabis and decriminalization and free the plants and free the fungi and all the good stuff. But, you know, there's a lot of caveats. We have to have plans. We have to have things to back this. And, you know, it's just exciting that we're part of this. And thanks, you know, for everyone at Cannabis Radio for making this happen. And hope everyone had a great happy holidays and um, stayed safe and healthy. And, um, you know, for those that know me and obviously been listening to some of my recordings and, and interviews, I am a whole plant fan. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm not just talking about cannabis. I'm talking about, in general, whole plant, uh, whole food food-based multis. It's always been the way for me. And, um, you know, when we talk about cannabis, you know, we talk about some of the research that I've been working on and some of the different aspects and different parts of the plants and different uses of the plants and different uh, conditions that it can potentially treat. It's, it's, it's a lot of information. And one of the areas that I'm excited to jump in today with our guest is extraction. Because it's one thing to have, again, eat the whole plant as it is, but when we start to look at extracting individual compounds or different aspects of the plant, it's got to be done the right way. So, which is my pleasure to invite or have on our show today, Dr. Daniel Hayden, Extractioneering from Oregon. Thanks, to Doctor, for coming on. How are you doing today? Thank you. Doing well. Two doctors in yes. one room. Yes. But doctor, Great. doctor, doctor, doctor. I always uh, depends on how old you are. You have to know what movie reference, right? No. Um, yes. <laughs> But it's great to have you on. I'm a big fan. Again, haven't been out to Oregon in way too long. It's overdue. Um, it's a great area, especially in this, uh, you know, movements that we're having, both on decriminalization of drugs as well as cannabis and hemp. And well, cannabis is hemp, but the, the marijuana and hemp industries are, are growing. And you've got great uh, politicians up there helping you out. How did you get involved in this space, Doc? Well, the, the extraction in cannabis, I've always been involved in cannabis from uh, the first time I experienced it when I was 17. Uh, maybe I was just being a redhead, but um, it really spoke to me more than alcohol at the time. And um, it was kind of a more of a mental thing. And, to, and so I started to get interested in plant biology as a science, right? And so people wanted to cure cancer or do things with humans or become doctors. And I wanted to investigate plants. Uh, so I pursued biotechnology. I also wanted to do GMOs and all this fancy new engineering. And really, my field is the merging of uh, technology and natural products and biology. So how to use all these fascinating tools of technology to learn more about how to be more natural and uh, you know how to take products effectively. So um, basically modeled my science career around plant biology in genomes and data sets. And when they went legal in Colorado, kind of turned the, the, the field towards maybe this could be an industry. And, um, you know, we, we got in, my wife and I got into the industry 
in 2014 and never looked back. And um, Oregon is the land of the best grower um, for what we do, both indoor and outdoor and hemp. And it's very reasonable to do business as a cannabis grower here. So naturally we're resin ranchers, we're hunters of resin as extraction and we're <laughs> chasing the resin. So the gold rush to us is the people who make the resin. So we're not, you know, an extraction company. We're just looking for where do they make the best resin so we can have the better outcomes in, in what we do. I like it. I, I think it's great. I mean, first of all, you know, to understand the plants, biochemistry, biology, I, I always am a macro guy versus a micro guy. Um, but in hindsight, from my from my science studies, from my plant taxonomy classes in Florida, you know, I always look back on, I wish I would have always dove in even deeper. There's so much more to learn. And now with cannabis and other compounds, and uh, we're looking at medicinal and functional mushrooms, we realize that, you know, with cannabis is over 500, you know, compounds in a plant. And they all have different roles and, you know, obviously um, to get those amazing compounds out of the plant in a clean, you know, health, healthy, uh, you know, efficient manner is key. Um, yeah. Explain to the listeners again, a little bit for me, before we dive into some of your processes, uh, just resin in general, like when you're saying, like when you talk about resin, when, when you look at that, what does that mean to you? And I know it's uh, source yeah. material is really key and how things are grown is really key, but dive yeah. into that if you don't mind. So the, you look at just reality in front of you. What is the cannabis plant? You know, it's, it has one of the most elegant structures ever designed in a plant, which is the glandular trichrome. This is where it's putting its resin that it cannot deal with at all whatsoever in all cells and water-based cells and membranes cannot deal with this complicated type of molecules that are ex exuded in the resin. So it makes this elegant structure to produce it. And over the course of time, as it's evolved with us, it makes these products that we have in our bodies um, natively. Uh, it makes these types of products. And so as humans, and we've evolved with cannabis, it's been a medicine with us all along during this time. And it's in preparations, it's in either tinctures, how it's used, or more or less it's been vaporized or smoked with combustion. Um, and so when we extract, we need to prepare that resin to be bioavailable to us. And if you just rush it along or hurry it along, like you can have wine, you can take grapes and put them into a plastic bottle and stick it in the backseat of your car and you're gonna get alcohol. Um, you know, it's the same way you can extract the resin off a cannabis plant. You're going to get some functional version of THC, but are all the molecules bioavailable? is what you're really diving deep on. And that's where the 500 molecule set you talked about. So really functionally in the marketplace, we're getting a consolidation of complexity into larger groups of same or similar molecules. Much like pharma wants to screen out all the other molecules and make Marinol or Epidolex, they want to screen out all these complexity. And I think that the resin is created so that you can give your body a full panel of all these molecules all the time. And that way it doesn't confer resistance or build up to any one specific molecule um, and it creates a good homeostasis. So when we extract, we treat it like uh, science or biology extraction. So we have to prepare the resin and protect it, extract it 
and then recover it so that it's you know available and not stocked together or degraded in any way. And when I learned to do this in science was through RNA and DNA and protein extraction back in the 2000s, I, I extracted that from more or less orchids and anthuriums, which are really rubbery type polysaccharide rich tropical plants. Uh, and so I, I, I did that and you, you couldn't do that with a nor normal type of extraction um, that they would provide a kit for that you can do for strawberries or for some other grass. You'd have to redesign all of the chemistry over again uh, to do the uh, extraction efficiently. And so I was successful in doing that in plants. And when it came to cannabis, I kind of had that same approach. Um, so you following like, you can't just pull it all down into a pot and boil off the solvent. You have to proceed through the extraction so that everything is protected until you get it into an oil and you can really get it into a nice stable oil um, that actually improves over age. Um, that actually kind of changes subtly for, the, for good reasons. Um, and uh, that's how we approach our extractions. I like it. It's definitely, again, scientific methods, definitely, you know, I would say complex, but I think that, like you said, this is a very, you know, spe special plant. Those trichomes are quite amazing. And, uh, you know, how we handle them, the delicacy of it, how we process it, how we maintain as much of that whole plant full spectrum value um, is, I think, key. And I've, you know, before we take a break, I've mentioned this several times in other, is that I always laugh because that 200 pound deer can nibble a few leaves and a little bit of a bud with some of those trichomes. And that's plenty for a 200 pound deer, but yet right. humans at 200 pounds needs to concentrate it and, and amplify this potency so many thousands and thousands of times. Is it really necessary? And uh, those are always questions I have. And again, in some conditions and some scenarios, it probably is, but in many, for many people, I don't think that is as needed as we're making it out to be. We don't need as much of this, uh, of these compounds hitting our cells at, at once. Um, not the way necessarily nature intended, but again, there's always going to be that nuance of who's the user, who's the consumer and what are they using it for? I think it's great that you guys have, you've taken your years of experience and tried to apply that or have applied that to a, an improved, uh, extraction process that really, uh, respects the plant and its compounds. It's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we're gonna take a quick break. We're just getting started here. Uh, we'll come back in a few, a few seconds with Dr. Daniel Hayden from Extractioneering and keep this conversation going. Don't go anywhere. This is Doc Rob, your concierge for better living here at CannabisRadio.com. The concierge for better living will continue in a moment. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold. 
old, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Let's check back in with Doc Robb and the concierge for better living only on CannabisRadio.com. All right. And we are back with Dr. Daniel Hayden from Extractioneering, an Oregon-based company that is really looking to take extraction and the compounds and properties of cannabis to the next level. So, Doc, when we talk about extraction, we I, I've broken this down a few different ways. I, when you said protein earlier, I remember teaching about whey protein many years ago for a client, and we had um, you know enzyme broken down and hydro, hydrolyzed and uh, yeah. you know, microfiltered, ultrafiltered, and there's different way ion exchange. There's different ways to pull these molecules out and separate them. And I know we've heard that in cannabis as well with, uh, you know, uh, butane versus CO2 versus ethanol versus none whatsoever. So can you give a quick summary of like, how does yours differentiate or what are you guys using that, that makes it work so well? Well, first of all, it's kind of like, we want to do the complete preparation. Like you said, right. the whole plant, you know, first we have to consider what is the whole plant, you know, what exactly are we talking about? It's not all the chlorophyll and like healthy roots and stuff. It's, it's really, um, you know, we're the resin, why we interact with the cannabis. And so, um, we, um, so the, when you talk about a protein, like you said, or you talk about blood, you know about lyophilization of proteins. You know you can't just take a protein and dry it out. You may lose the functionality of the protein. The tertiary structure may unfold and it may never go back together correctly. When we talk about blood, um, if you draw blood on somebody, you can preserve it for a long period of time or it just clot up and be useless. And so these are things and concepts in biology people might be familiar with. Um, and when you extract cannabis resins, you have to do it in such a manner that the resin itself doesn't stick and cluster on itself and become kind of bio, uh, not, not as bioavailable and become more of a slurry in a mixture that you would heat at higher and higher temperatures to get it to vaporize. And so you get the concept of if you add salt to water, it's going to increase the boiling point a little bit. Um, the, the, you know, and so if, if you extract it so that it all is individual molecules, you're able to vaporize it at a lower temperature. You're able to use it without combustion. You're able to preserve the natural molecules uh, so that they can enter your um, mucosal membranes and be transferred to the bloodstream easier. And if you extract it in a way that isn't like that, you're more or less not getting any of that benefit. So there's a lot of extraction where they're stripping everything out and then trying to artificially kind of put it back in after the fact. And I don't know if that that's not the way it was intended, you know, that's like, you know, and I, one of the other comments I said with this process is um, for me, I'm a fan of the, what I what we call the neutrals or the acid forms of the plant. Um, and in the processing part of the plant or extracting part or, you know, all this concentration, that's still key. I know everyone's looking at Delta 9 THC, but we talk about like, you know, if you don't have the right 
quality of THCA or these acids, you know, and the plant is not grown the right way and in a clean manner. And, you know, that, that all impacts the end product, correct? Yeah. So when you talk about separating all these things out, we want to, our method is to keep everything together. We want the natural preservation of all the compounds in the plant um, put together so that the present, it's like that in the presentation, they can make multi-million dollar machines that separate out these 500 compounds out one by one, you know, but they're kind of irrelevant uh, if they're not at certain levels and concentrations that your body can use. Now we want the entire resin as a cluster that can be used and vaporized um, for kind of daily consumption. And so when you're saying the acid forms, our extraction is all inclusive. So other people's extraction, CO2 or BHO, or, or certain ones, they only concentrate certain regions or molecules, the polar ones, the nonpolar ones. Our method combines all of those. So you get the polar molecules from the trichrome, you get the nonpolar, the neutral, the acidic versions, and as they're natively produced. Um, and specifically when you cure the plant, instead of take it when it's fresh and living, um, you actually, there's some modifications that are going to take greater research that occur um, to what we've seen, the cannabinoid profile. And actually, as the cannabinoids go amber, there may be some sort of altered, like conversion that's more subtle, subtle than just bonding, because you can tell that on a GC. Right. But we're noticing that these are the more beneficial and more medicinal types of resins. And we actually separate these resins into another product. And then with our oils, with our lighter colored oils and crystallines, um, those browner kind of compounds, our cannabinoids are separated from those, but you can combine them back together or the user can combine them back together or use one or the other at different times of the day. But the, the, the idea is that there is some brown, there is some medical benefit to this brown type of resin, you know, with the hash and the, in the oh, different yeah. colors. Um, it does affect palate and taste and setting up the resin correctly, like we had discussed before. But if you're good, and if you're good at what you can do, you can <laughs> present them both well. And if the material provides, you can do that as well, too. I like it. Again, I, I'm a fan. As in, I've always gone around looking for you know, some of the best technologies, science, delivery systems, because that's how this industry evolves. We want to keep improving our methodology. We want to have cleaner quality, better, more functional ingredients and products and products. So I think it's great that you've taken all this experience um, and applied it, you know, to now. And I'm sure with the market as it is, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's pretty amazing. I, I'm thinking about this in a lot of different ways, especially with Oregon and the recent elections and the decriminalization and different statutes of around other drugs as well. And I have people that are looking at mushrooms right now, uh, you know, and it's interesting how, you know, number one, everyone's focused on just psilocybin or psilocin, and there's other beneficial or medicinal or functional compounds in mushrooms as well. And then I have some people looking at how can we get those compounds out in a more metered measured dosage while still getting all the benefits of the mushrooms, uh, but for the best functional or medicinal benefit. And I think there's a lot of similarities there. Um, well, there are a lot of new differences, but there's a lot of interesting similarities there and in how this process is evolving. Um, 
from a lot of experience in different plans. So I, think, I think it's great that you guys have that background. And I just want one more comment is that I love that you said with my wife and is kind of your partner in all this. And I have the same scenario and they usually, I will have to say, make us better at what we do on the, the left side, right side brain. We kind of, I don't know how your dynamic is, but I know that we complement each other very well and, and well, we become so. a whole, you know, and yeah. <laughs> that's pretty neat. So Yeah, we wouldn't be here if we weren't, but for ourselves together, you know, I would just possibly be, um, just some, just an employee somewhere else, you right. know, she inspired us and me, um, to keep, you know, taking the better path. And that is, that's come with some loss and some hard times, you know, the easier path is to make all these products you notice that are successful in the marketplace and gain a lot of money. And our difficult path is being true to cannabis being true to the farmers and all the uh, experience that's built up in their lifetime of work. Every <laughs> season they put a seed in the soil and they look at the plants when it's finished and they, they do their craft of curing and burping and understanding when it's time to move on from a strain and what's nuanced about the strain. That's 25, 30, 40, 50 years uh, of people that also have 50 years of teaching them. Yeah. And we want, to work with that resin and those people and bring those people forward and make them the stars of cannabis, not a vape cart company or a Canadian conglomerate or the dispensary that makes the most sales. Um, yeah, so that's your passion is coming through. I love it. You're, you're speaking to the choir with me as my listeners will understand. That's how I am. I'm a true uh, advocate for the plant, for the, the environment and for the farmers. I mean, I think that what you said is there as we wrap up this section is uh, much love and appreciation to farmers, whether it be cannabis or food, you know, uh, fruits and vegetables, whatever it is. Uh, are, it's so key and critical to support our agriculture and our farmers. And I just, you know, and I know that's that, that love out there in the Northwest that comes to, you know, to in that in that mindset so i appreciate you sharing that uh, on the show today because i think it kind of gets lost when people talk about the industry and like you said oh which which is the best most potent strain and which is the best brand or this best product but no it all starts with the soil it starts with the sun it's with the man and the lady that's getting in the dirt <laughs> and making it happen and i appreciate that very much so very cool yep we we'll take one more break. We're going to come back and wrap up this show. We'll get another one too short for the content that's being provided, but we will continue the conversation after this brief break. This is Doc Robert, Concierge for Better Living here on CannabisRadio.com. The Concierge for Better Living will continue in a moment. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet take-anywhere treat. Let's check back in with Doc Rob and the concierge for better living only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, all right. And our final segment of today's show with Dr. Daniel Hayden from Extractioneering. And uh, we're talking some good stuff, Doc. I, I mean, I love it. I love to hear people that have that passion and people and purpose above the profit. And I, I know it's not common as, as in this country with capitalism and everything else, but it's we see that shift is starting to wake up. 
a lot of young people and, uh, you know, big fans of regenerative agriculture and things of that nature. Um, but it's, it's great to hear that. And I, and I think what you said is you, you, there's so much experience from, especially in the Northwest, about growing plants and growing cannabis and the artisanal aspect of this and how to cure it properly. People always over, overlook that or, you know, it's not a race to get it on the shelf just to sell it. It's a, how can we make some of the best product possible? And not everyone's doing it from a let's get high kind of perspective. A lot of people are using these products from a medicinal standpoint, whether they know it or not. But and I think to have clean quality medicine or products that can heal people from the ground on up is, is essential. So I appreciate you taking the time and coming on the show today and sharing that. Where can people learn more about what you're up to? I know you have a pretty amazing detailed website with lots of resources. Yeah. Um, um, like engineering, except extraction nearing. Um, and at the Instagram at uh, extraction nearing, at extractioneering.oregon, uh, and at behind the scenes. Nice. Uh, five. Uh, that's my beautiful wife's account. She does a lot of the communication and <laughs> um, with, uh, you know, what we're putting out there. So, in the can uh, in the brief sidebar in the cannabis industry, we've been everybody's been hiding a little bit. Uh, they've been in, under danger of laws and everything like that. So there's a trend in the cannabis industry to hide behind the products or or be in anonymous. And we get that. We'd like to brand in our products to speak for ourselves and not be the star of the show. But what we found out at this point in time in cannabis is uh, we're you gotta, everybody's going to have to make a stand here. Yep. Everybody's going to have to come out of the shadows and out of wherever they are, where they're not showing themselves or talking about their brand or their products or why they're doing it or why they're behind it or why they feel they're doing well at it. Um, you know, they, they have to do that. Yeah. Uh, they implore brands to start making the effort. Uh, if they feel they're successful to come out and discuss their industry and make more of a challenge and impact in it. And so with cured resin, and as we talked about with the farmers, um, we want to see a return to cured resin. So my, our extraction company can do lots of cannabis down to about two or one pound of trim. So we have done everything that we do with our technology to fashion ourselves around the cured resin cannabis cultivator um, and take their their workflow, their waste material, according to them, their trim, which is wonderful to us, uh, and make these wonderful products and talk about their brand and promote them on our social media and our website and really give them a vehicle and a voice um, to tell what they're doing. And so we do those small batches and we bring them all the way to the shelf. We can kind of only do this in Oregon. I heard in Canada, you have to have a minimum batch number, but here in Oregon, they'll let us put 30 grams to market, um, you know, it's a $500 test and maybe it's only 30 grams, uh, you know, whatever it may make. Um, but it's worth it if we really like the type of trim that the grower had grown. Um, and it really comes off as a really tasty product. And so we feel like keeping these batches small is how farmers grow them. So they grow them, they only grow a certain amount of the strain, you know, 10, 15, 20, up to 50 pounds at one particular time. Um, and they, that, when they trim it and bring it ready for market, that gives us what we use to make products from. 
Um, we find that this is really great resin that fell off the exterior portions of the plant. And it really makes great uh, products to vaporize and for cartridges. Um, and it's a whole plant product. And so it's all that same batch size. So we don't get these huge machines that run 100, 200, 400 pounds of, of live resin. We have small pieces of you know, more complicated machines that run a pound to seven pounds to 14 pounds, but our high watermark for material of cured material uh, is around 30 or 40 pounds per batch. And that would be a huge amount, but, you know, so we're all in that range. So basically every farmer who grows a 10 pound room or a 15 pound strain room, or even a pheno hunt can, we can process for them. And we I have the it. throughput to do so. So really we're just calling out to the people, like I said, who make the resin, who, who work every day in the dirt and say, we just want to work in concert with you. We don't want to tell you what to do. Hey, grow all your plants, never cure them, and just give them to us. We'll stuff them in a tube. <laughs> you won't even recognize what strain it is or if you paid any attention to knowing if that strain was you know, suffering blight or not performing well or you know, the conditions weren't right. Um, so, you know, and also the cured aspect, bringing, as a plant biologist, wrapping this whole thing in a circle, when I got my degree and learned how to extract proteins and RNA and DNA from complicated products, I learned um, that, sorry, it's my train of thought. Um, but, so. I learned that as the plant matures and goes into curing, that process is um, genetically programmed. And so all these genes are recycling nutrients and moving them to more needy portions of the plant. And that's what I did my degree on as well as extractions. And so when the plant is going to be cut, it remobilizes all its important nutrients to the flower, which is the cannabis flower. And if it doesn't have seeds in it, it goes straight to the bulb. And so as the plant is drying, those cells are working to make more complicated products and make and ornament products that already exist there and make them more complicated. And so that's where your 500 molecule complexity is derived from, is not yeah. it up to when it was cut, but after it's done, there's so much molecular mayhem going on in complexity um, that that is what we're after. We're not after it up to a certain point. We need it cured, we need it ripened, we need it aged, just like cheese and milk, and everything else in nature and wine and whiskey and tobacco and every, it has to go through that process and that's what our company is here to say. And that's what we try to do every day. Um, yeah. I think it's great. And I appreciate that. I mean, especially I wanted to let you finish that thought because it's really people to understand how this plant really develops. And even again, after it's cut, is oxidation, is there's different aspects of, you know, from sunlight to heat that affects it and, and modifies the plant, how it's cured. These do have some, you know, ongoing changes that kind of give it its kind of distinction. And I just want to give a shout out to uh, my, my, my guy out there in Colorado, Alpen Stash, Danny, for one of his artisanal growers that I, you know, they don't find a lot of these guys that are doing small batch, premium, high quality stuff. And I just want to give a shout out to him. And I think um, 
you know, again, I, you're making me want to come out to Oregon. I mean, again, I mean, I've always wanted to go out there, but since I'm 12 skiing Mount Hood with the U.S. ski team to to now, I, I got to get out there and try some of this live stuff that you got going on and see what you guys are doing. But uh, I really appreciate you sharing the time today, Doc, and uh, um, amazing year ahead of us. We'll have you back on. I want to learn more about this, maybe even do a little uh, visit out west once things settle down travel-wise and uh, stay connected for sure. Everyone out there listening, check out extractioneering.com. Uh, follow them, see what's going on. There's a lot of good resources. Um, if you're not in the Oregon area and you're visiting there, try to find a dispensary that may, you know, that has some of these products. But um, hopefully we'll see more of this you know, innovation in other markets over the next several years. And uh, um, again, thank you for tuning in. I'm going to sign off today as we wrap up this first show of the year. It's going to be a great 2021, everyone. Stay positive. Stay healthy. Um, you know, stay strong and stay, stay, stay supportive of these farmers and this agricultural industry, whether it be for food or for cannabis or for anything that you're growing. This is key. Uh, thanks, Dr. Hayden, for joining us today. Thank you, everyone at uh, Cannabis Radio for making this stuff happen always. And um, I wish everyone, as always, all the best in helping happiness. Take care and be well. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.